welcome to Actually Connecting Podcast. I'm really excited. Today's interviewee, today's podcast is going to be with Howard Berg, aka the world's fastest reader. This dude is fascinating. I'm so excited to actually be talking to him. We've been trying to make this work for a really long time. A few weeks have gone by. We tried technology. It's been in the way. I had a shoulder dislocation. He's been really cool throughout this whole thing. And we are here. Howard, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm looking forward to this. I'm glad we finally get to do it. <laughs> I am as well. Oh, man. How has your day been so far? Uh, I went to the dentist. I have three cavities. So I've had better days, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's not my worst day either, so I, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> very very good. Um, tell everyone kind of what you do. You have a really fascinating kind of career lifestyle. How, what what is it that you do exactly? I'm the world's fastest reader and the Guinness record holder, and I teach people how to read and learn faster because the data they need to know doubles every six months and nobody's ever told them how to stay on top of it and we'll be doing a lot of that tonight or today depending on when they're listening and we'll show them strategies for reading and learning and remembering and being able to succeed in their information filled world that's way cool how how did you how did you even get started in this i don't understand how do you decide like did you wake were you born just being able to read really fast I couldn't read when I was born, but after that, <laughs> wow. you were reading by two. No, I I did read early. I was reading. I think I was four, but um, I grew wow. up in the project projects in Brooklyn, which was a very unpleasant place to grow up. It was like West Side Story without the dancing and the music, and mm -hmm. uh, a, lot, a lot of gangs, very violent. My dad was pistol whipped. I had knives to my throat. What? Yeah, I got beaten with bats. It was just a normal day for me. I mean, it wasn't me. It was the neighborhood. So wow. I found one safe place, the library. Gang kids would never go in the library. They'd rather be dead. <laughs> so, so I stayed in the library. It was safe. It was like neutral territory. And I, I read a lot. And when I got to college at 17, I majored in biology. And in my junior year, I got interested in how the brain works. So I said, I want to do majors in bio and psych. And I said, well, you're a junior. You haven't had a single psych course. You'll have to do the whole four-year program in one year. And frankly, you're not smart enough. I'd have to take six science courses, two four-hour labs, and I was working three part-time jobs. And that's when I realized they don't teach learning in school or work. So I started learning how to learn, got up to 80 pages a minute, and I did the four-year program in one year. And then I did the graduate record exam in biology, and I went through like 48 books in three nights, like biochemistry, cell physiology, plant systematics, genetics. I got three questions wrong. So I was in the 99th percentile in the world. So then I wondered, well, was it just me, or was it a better way to learn? So years later, I started a school with young kids. They were 11 to 15. And I gave them a 30-chapter book in lifelong developmental psych, which is a sophomore course. And they did it in a week. They took the CLEP, which is an AP test, passed it. 15 out of 18 passed the college course in a week. And they were 11 to 15 years old. And then I realized that's something that could really change the world. And 
that's why I'm doing all these podcasts to let people know there is a way to learn super fast with very good understanding and retention and be able to use that information to be more successful. Wow. That's a big deal. How did, okay. So you, you get this, you understand that this actually may be onto something. How, how did you get that next step? How did you get discovered? If you will. I could do better than that. I could actually show you how it works so you could you could do it. Yeah, I that'd would love that. That would probably be even more helpful. Than, so let's do that. For our listeners, after this podcast, I want you to get a book you've read, preferably a nonfiction book. So the only reason you're confused is you're reading too quickly, not because the book is confusing because you've already read it and you know what's in it. And read for one minute. Use a timer, like on your on your smartphone or your watch. And when the minute when the minute's up, take a pencil, make a little mark where you finished. You say, "All right, that's how far I read now." Just your normal reading. Now here's the secret: go to the next chapter, the second chapter, and take your hand and go from the left to the right margin, one line at a time, with your eyes following your hand. And keep speeding up till you don't know what you're reading. That's when you know you got too fast. Then slow down just enough so your comprehension comes back. And for five minutes, go as fast as you can, one line at a time, using your hand. Then go back to the first chapter where you read for a minute and do it again with your hand. This time, you're going to go 20 to 40% further. Just doing that one change, using your hand to keep your eye moving. It's that simple. Whoa. It kind of works. So is this similar to there's a program out there where you read just a word at a time and it says you can read like a thousand words a minute or something. It's a test, but right. I've um, only I actually, ever used that and it's never actually been a comprehensive. It's just been a fun little test that I play, you know, that they send out. I agree. Um, I don't think reading fast is what people want. They want to learn fast. So I was going to show you how to learn, not just read fast. So more people more. are interested in learning than, than reading. Okay, that's so reading fast, use your finger on the first chapter, right. read it as you do. Time it, that's what it is. Right. right. Second chapter, start left to right margin, take your finger under the word that you're reading and go through right. and left to right and just see and just go as fast as you can until the comprehension's not there. Right. Make your eyes follow your hand. Right. After that, go back to the first chapter. Do read it the same way you read the second one and see the difference between the two. Yes, that's it. And it's yeah. really easy. Anyone cool. can do this. It's not a, it's not, it's, it doesn't take special talent to do that. Wow. Okay. So that's how you read fast. How do you digest it quickly like what how do you learn right. more effectively great question and i'll do that next in two steps okay. first i'll explain how the brain makes sense of text at all and then what to look for so you know what you're trying to find so first the secret to speed reading anything reading in general just reading is called schema a scheme is a big word but all it means is what you know and I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to read something with no schema. And watch how confusing it is. It won't make much sense. Okay. And then I'm going to read it a second time with a title, and instantly it'll make total sense. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. 
This is the schemaless text. Watch how confusing it is. This is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake. It may cost you quite a bit of money. Wouldn't you say right now it's not making a whole lot of sense? Yeah, I'm confused on the context. Now I'm going to read it again. This time I'm going to have a title, one word, and watch how instantly the whole thing makes total sense. Laundry, laundry, this is an easy thing to do. If possible, you could do it at home, but you could always go someplace else if it's necessary. Beware of overdoing it. This is a major mistake. It may cost you quite a bit of money. Now it makes total sense, doesn't it? Yeah, very cool. So what I do is I train people on where these clues are. So they're going much faster, and it's actually making better sense. And then the next thing is, what are you looking for? And I'll be happy to share that next. Okay, so the schema is the most – okay. And we'll talk about – we'll come back to schema, right? Well, I'm going to actually show what to look for. What is your brain looking for? There's only five things you need to learn. I think a lot of times people say to me, there's so much in the – Material I need to learn. The book is so big. I can't learn all of this. What am I looking for? And I tell them there's just five things. Would you like to know what they are and how to use them? What are those five things? That was a, a way for you to respond. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I the need to know thing. what the five things are. You've got to tell me. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, try, I try not to keep talking because my wife says I talk too much. I say, That's what I do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> That's what wives are best for. They're supposed to tell you these things. Right. Oh, I, I'm more conscious now. I try to stop. So anyway, the first thing, the first thing is vocabulary. About 80 to 85% of learning a new subject is learning the words. Which words? Usually, if a writer is doing their job, the words don't look the same. They're bolded, they're italic, they're in color, they're underlined, they're in a table. They're doing something to make those words look different to draw your attention. Mm -hmm. So what are the words and what do they mean? Second, names and what they did. Who's in your book? And what did they do? That's the second thing. Third, any number, date, statistical formula. How does it work and how and why is it there? Fourth, in most nonfiction books, there's headings and subheadings that separate the themes and the topics. What are the five most important ideas in every section? And last, any questions and answers? Now, in textbooks, often... The questions are at the end. So I tell people, read those first. So before you even read the chapter, you know what you're supposed to know when you're done. Wow, so when you see it, that's such a clever idea. Yeah, you see, that's what I'm supposed to know. How do you know? They told you at the end. They asked you. If they're asking, then it makes it more important. Obviously, they thought it was important enough to ask you. You don't want to get to the end and say, I don't know. I got to go find it. That's a waste of time. If you know ahead of time what to look for, you'll know when you found it. And it'll make it take less time. So if you know every word and what it means, every person and what they did, every number, date, statistic, and formula, the five takeaways in every section, and the answers to every question, 
what else do you need to know? And the answer is nothing. You're, you're, you're going to do very, very well in every subject. Howard, you're a dessert first kind of guy, aren't you? Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. I'm not gonna, I won't lie. Yes. That's, <laughs> if I'm not with my wife. Not when I'm with my wife. I got I can't I can't pull that one off when my wife is with me. But when I'm mom at a buffet and they got the greatest desserts, I'm going for the dessert. And if there's room, I'll have a meal afterwards. That's ah, <laughs> hilarious. That's so hilarious. But can I do an experiment to show Please. you how this yeah. works? With the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's do an experiment. Look around, and everyone listening, look around and, and, and search for everything blue and memorize it. Make a picture of it. See it and picture it. Everything blue. Just take a moment, look around, look at everything blue, and block it in your memory. Now, close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. And once you remember everything you looked at that was colored red, you could open your eyes. Right away, your brain goes, wait a minute, you said blue. And <laughs> notice what happened. Notice yeah. what happened. Yeah. Blue things got bigger and brighter and louder and red. Everything else got dimmer and further away. That's how your brain operates. You go in a mall and there's thousands of people. You don't pay attention. You don't know them. But when you see a face you know, you, you say hello. To see the face you know, you had to see the other thousand faces you didn't know. But they didn't matter. They weren't relevant. So your brain didn't do anything until it saw a familiar face. Mm -hmm. When you're looking for these five things when you're reading, they're going to pop off the page just like the face does in the crowd because it's the same mechanism. You're reading with a goal, a purpose. And when you have a purpose, that purpose engages the unconscious and lets it find what matters at a high rate with very good results. Fascinating. So by bringing the context, the schema and the knowledge that you need to know in first, it will allow you to learn faster. And then with you understanding how the speed read, you now can get to what you need to know faster. Exactly. And then, of course, the next thing is how do you remember it? Oh, excellent point. Okay, so now memory. So, fast. okay, so memory, good. How do you I remember more things? Uh, that's probably, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, and I actually fortunately have an answer. I'm going to give you 10 things to remember. You won't be able to. Then I'm going to teach you a simple way to remember them, and with a little practice, maybe three minutes, you'll be able to do this backwards and forwards. And then when you're done, I'm going to show you that this isn't just an exercise but a tool everyone listening can use at work and school. So are you ready? I'm ready. Now here's another tip that's related. You only remember 10% of what you read, but 90% of what you say and do. So if I ask you to say and do, it's because I want you to lock it in and remember it. Is that okay? Yeah. Perfect. Here are the 10 things I want you to remember. Pole, shoes, tricycle, car, glove, gun, dice, skate, cat, and bowling pins. And I'm pretty sure that you and our audience don't know the whole thing backwards and forwards just yet. Right. Pull, skin, guns. You know a few. Yeah, I could probably do six, but it would be a challenge. That's great. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Well, you're an actor, and, and that means you have a great memory for, for words because actors have to learn scripts very quickly. So that doesn't shock me because your brain is 
already being used in that in that manner on a regular basis. So that makes a lot of sense. Normal people don't remember six. They'll remember two or three, maybe four. So that that says a lot about what you do on a regular basis. But let's see how to do it. By the way, you can use this in acting to learn scripts. I am too. so excited about using this in acting. It's a great, great, great idea. The Greeks discovered thousands of years ago a shortcut to memory. Take a list you know, link it to a list you're learning. I'm going to bet, Dan, you and our audience can count to 10. Am I on safe ground here? Uh, yep, I think we're on safe ground there. Perfect. We're going to start with the number one. A one looks like a pole, a big, tall flagpole, a big, tall lamppole. looks like a one. So when I say one, you say pole. Ready? One. Pole. Perfect. Two, how many shoes do you usually wear? Two. So two is shoes. What's two? Shoes. Pole shoes. One. Pole. Perfect. Three is a tricycle. How many wheels on a tricycle? Mm, three. Tricycle. Tricycle has three wheels. Still there? Are you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. What was the two? So two is going to be shoes. Three is going to be tricycle. One's going to be pole. Perfect. Four is a car. There's four tires on a car. What's mm -hmm. four? Car. Perfect. What's two? Shoes. Wow. What's one? Pole. What's four? Car. Wow. So jumping on. It doesn't matter. Your brain's learning now. Wow. Five is a glove. How many fingers are in a glove? Five. So five is? A glove. Three is? A tricycle. And one is? A pole. We're almost there. Six gun. They love guns where I live for some reason. I live in Texas. Six gun. What? Like a cowboy, a six shooter. What yep. six? A gun. Wow. Four. A car. Two. Shoes. Perfect. Seven's lucky in dice, so seven's dice. What's seven? <laughs> dice. Lucky number five. Seven. Five is going to yes. be a glove. Three. It's going to be a tricycle. And one. It's going to be a pole. Wow. Getting smarter. Now, rhymes work. Say eight skate. Eight skate is a rhyme. Cool. Right. So what's eight? Skate. Six, what did they love in Texas? Uh, six, oh, it's the gun. So six is gun. Right. Four is? Car. Two is? Shoes. We're almost done. Two more. Nine is a cat. How many lives does a cat have? There's nine lives. So nine is a? Cat. Seven is lucky in? Dice. Five. It's going to be a glove. Three. It's going to be a tricycle. One. It's going to be a pole. And you go back in odds and evens. Oh, it's so smart. And it's so easy. You're remembering him. Ten. How many bowling pins are in a lane? Ten bowling pins. Let's do the list. One. Pole. Two. Shoes. Three. Tricycle. Four. Car. Five. Glove. Six. Gun. 
Seven. Dice. Eight. Rhyme. Skate. With. That's right. Nine. Is a cap. And ten. Is going to be bowling pins. Whoa. Perfect. And I didn't write a single, I didn't write any of that down. And I am someone who, to memorize things, has to write things down. Now I'm going to show you how to use it. It's a tool. Imagine you're traveling, you go to a hotel, the room is 314. A lot of people will forget the rooms because they go so much. Three is a tricycle, one is a pole, four is a car. Make a movie. A tricycle hits a pole on a car. Picture that. A tricycle hits a pole on a car. Tricycle, what number? It's three. It's a pole. One. On a car. Four. Wow. That's your room number. It's also the value of pi in geometry, 3.14, to measure a circle. So you can use it to learn numbers in science, math, history, in business, due dates, percentages, phone numbers, hotel rooms, any and the zero is the 10 bowling pins. So now you have a way to speed memorize numbers. Wow. You're using visual internal visual acuity to help yes. memory through vocal speech. That is incredible. Yeah. And, and then there's, of course, there's a whole program on just how to do that. But you use the right tool for the right subject. What you might use to learn a language, someone else might use to read a novel. What you use to read a novel, someone might use to read a newspaper. Okay. I made a toolbox. So everyone's different and have different strengths and weaknesses and different learning styles. So instead of one size fits all, there's, there are a number of alternatives you can use to find what works best for you in a different subject. What does that mean, you have tools? There's different ways to remember. There's different ways to uh, learn. And what you do to learn in a science book may be what someone else does with a novel. And what they do in a novel may be what you do in a newspaper. It's not all the same reading. Reading something you're good at and know a lot about is different than learning something that you don't know anything, you don't know any of the words, you don't know any of the vocabulary, you never heard any of the names before. It, it's not always the same. We call it reading, but someone reading a medical book to pass their medical board isn't the same as someone reading a novel to relax. Mm, that's such a good point. We never categorize reading. Right. Reading is learning a script. You're learning a script. You've got to learn it. You can't yeah. almost know Shakespeare. Yeah. It's like you can't improvise Shakespeare. You either know it or you don't know it. It's right. Not, I think you can't make substitutions. Oh, man. And that's something you get. Brain <laughs> blank. There's no one there to back you up. Nope. Nope. You got to get it right. Got to get it right. So that's, the, that's another skill. And then in business, the question is, what are people doing? To get, to get the people to remember what they tell them. How many times has someone told you something you needed to do, and by the time you got home, you didn't remember it and it didn't work? Right. But it happens to everybody. Instead of telling people what they need to do, you also have to tell them how to remember it when they need to do it. Wow, that's huge. It's very important. And the last thing is emotions, being in the right state of mind. Uh, let's imagine I'm teaching you to drive, Dan, and I know you're ready for your road test. I say, go get your road test. And you call up and say, Howard, I failed. I say, why did you fail? I got nervous. It was a test. How many people underperform 
because they're nervous or you, you're good on stage, I'm comfortable on stage, but most people get very, very nervous standing in front of an audience. Right. It's, it's terrifying. They can't remember anything because they're so scared. Right. That's emotional intelligence. What if I didn't just teach you how to drive, but how to stay calm taking the test? Would that make a difference in how many of my people finish successfully? It's a huge difference. Would you like to learn how to create an emotional state? I would love to hear that. This is what this is what actually connecting is all about. Emotions, consciousness, and connecting. So this is absolutely perfect. Oh, great. I'm glad that you like it. I'm going to show you how to wake up. So when you find your energy is dropping and you're getting tired, you can instantly wake up without taking coffee because you can't always take a cup of coffee. And sometimes it'll keep you up afterwards when you want to go to sleep. So you don't want to take the coffee. So I'm going to show you how to wake up. For the people listening, stand. I don't know if you could stand because you've got your yep, microphone on. Yeah, I can stand. No problem. Okay. So I want you to take your left hand and touch your right shoulder, and then your right hand and touch your left shoulder. You're alternating like a macarena, left to right, right to left, left to right. And it looks a lot like the macarena. You're actually doing a brain massage. You're using one side of your brain and then the other. Now do the same thing. Go ahead. Now do the same thing opposite knee, left hand, right knee, right hand, left knee, left hand, right knee, right hand, left knee, back and forth. And you have to think a little bit more doing that because both sides of your brain are doing something. It's a little more in, in, encompassing. Now, raise your right hand over your head and squeeze your thumb and say this like you mean it. You have to actually feel it. I feel great. I feel great. And then pull your hand down and go, yes, with passion. Yes. Yes. We're going to do three sets of these. And everyone listening, do this with me. And you'll be able to wake up whenever you're tired. Ready? We're going to do the shoulder taps at my speed. Okay. Left to right, right to left. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knee taps. Left to right, right to left. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Raise your right hand. Squeeze your thumb. I feel great. Yes. I feel great. Yes. Do it next time a little faster. Shoulder taps. Ready? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? I feel, I feel uh, energetic. Yes. We'll do one more. All out as fast as you can go. Ready? Shoulder taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Knees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How do you feel? I feel great. Yeah. Yes. Sit down, smile, and feel great. Now, Dan, you know what happens when you do this three times? What happens? I feel great at this moment. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Okay. But you probably would like something. So let me show you how to do that. Remember sure. Pavlov? He rang a bell. He fed a dog. He rang a bell. Eventually the dog drooled when he rang the bell. You don't want to drool. The latest studies show it takes 30 days to make a habit. Not, not 30 days, 90 days. 90 days to make a habit. So every day go slow, medium, fast. Just like we did. Don't do it in a, in a meeting. It'll look strange. 
And what you do is you grab your thumb and you say, I feel great, yes, and you wake up. Because every time you did it, you felt a little more awake. And over time, just squeezing your thumb and saying, I feel great, yes, makes you feel the same way. It's a conditioned stimulus. That's your bell. And the same way you can learn to relax and focus and all kinds of emotions. And the question is, what states do people need to be in to use what you're telling them? And what states can get in the way? And what are you doing to create the states they need to succeed? And what are you doing to eliminate states that get in the way? So if you're teaching people to act, and you also teach them how to relax when they're on stage, how much more success would they have than someone who just taught them how to act? A lot, especially if you've got the, the Pavlov training going as well. There you go. So okay, now, so do I... The right state, get do I recommend, so if I want to help someone remember, and maybe you're going to come up to this, so if you do, just tell me to be patient. Do, how do I convince someone to go through this, the tapping that we just went through when I'm trying to get them to remember something that I would like them to remember? A lot of people are not just going to be able to jump through this routine without hearing the context, the schema. Well, the tapping isn't going to help them remember. The tapping will help them wake up. Because they're circulating their blood, they're getting more oxygen to their brain, they're stimulating the left and then the right and then left and right together. It's stimulation. As long as they're stimulated and in a good mood, they have a chance to remember. They have a chance to remember the state. Now, remembering memory is another skill. We did one, one example where we were learning how to remember numbers. There's a, four hours of just that, how to remember. There's a whole thing just on memory alone. If people are interested, they go to Berg Learning, B-E-R-G, learning.com, and they put in the coupon, Dan10. There are some free lessons. I just want them to know, and they can try the programs risk-free. If they need help, I will personally make sure they learn it. We have a support team, and if they can't fix it, I will, and make sure they actually learn. They can learn to read faster and remember and even how to eliminate writer's block and, and how to speed math. There's so many skills. And if we have time, I can go into some of that. Yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. I think the readers, I'm fascinated by this. So I know the reader, the listeners are going to be fascinated by this. Okay. If you have a pen handy, write down the number 103 times 107. So the 103 is on the top. And the 107 is on the bottom, and you have an underline, like multiplication. Yep. You should have the answer right now without a calculator. Now, you're probably saying that sounds crazy, but I'm going to show you how easy it is. Are you ready? Yeah. For those of you who don't have anything to write with, just picture 103 times 107. 103 on top, 107 on the bottom. How far from 100 is 103? How much bigger than 100 is 103? Not a trick question. Right. Write three to the right of the 103. So you have 103 in one column, and on the right, you have the number three. That's how far away it is. How far from 100 is 107? Seven. Oh, you just times together now. Perfect. Two zeros. Oh. So, so, put, so put the seven on the right next to the 107. And just multiply the two differences. Three times seven is? It's 21. And then you add the zero. Perfect. No, you don't have to do that. It's even easier. Just put the 21 down on the okay. bottom. Yeah. Now, the next step is even easier. That was the hard step. 
Now you add diagonally, 103 plus 7 plus 7, 103 and 7 is? 110. Right. Well, 107 plus 3 is? 110. It's always the same. So whichever way it's easier to add, do it because it's the same. Write that down, 110. Yep. So 103 times 107 is 11,021. How hard was that? Oh. Did you see that? You see how cool that is? And you say, why would I want to know that? If you watch the news, does anyone think there's too many smart people making too many good decisions? That's our big problem. Yeah. I don't think so. I haven't heard that. <laughs> nobody, nobody, whether they're liberal or conservative, has said that's what they think the problem is. So you're an accountant or a realtor or you're, you're someone who works with numbers and you have a prospect or a client and you do the numbers in your head that fast. What are the chances they say, that's a smart person. We need to work with them. It's an okay. instant rapport builder. D okay, this works for everything. Can we do like a harder? That. Let's do a harder. Let's do 210 by 305. You can't do that. There is another way to do it, but you, you can do 203 times 207. That you can do. So how do how do you is this a part of probably in your training? How do you figure out when to use what equation? Well, that's what I teach. Oh, that, you know, you look, very cool. It's it's a four hour course, but I teach people. They look at what's there and they realize that this falls in this category and this falls in another category. And we so have cool. other tools; they all work and they're very effective. And they're just as easy to use. But I pick something that I could do without people seeing me quickly and easily. I try to pick something, because when we teach it, it's all on video and it's visual. So they could see step-by-step step what I'm doing. And right now, a lot of people don't have that in front of them. So I'm trying to keep it very easy for them to picture right. so they don't get confused by what I'm telling them. That's why I'm doing this particular application. Okay, fascinating. So the course will actually help me understand these different pieces. Yes. And then, of course, another question is writing. Um, I wrote a book in five hours. It went number one on Amazon the next day. And people say, that's not possible. But it really it is. And so what we do is we explain how writing works and how the brain works when they're writing. Uh, it's not hard to write a book in five hours. It really isn't. I mean, I'm not talking gone with the wind. You could do 40 to 60 pages in five hours. And if you want to do a three or 400 page book, so you do 40 to 60 pages for five days. Wow. And at the end of How do you write like that? How do you, how do you make that a reality? You there, Howard? There we go. Yeah, I mean, okay, cool. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking, and so we're actually using our, our mouth to express what we're thinking. That's how most people express their ideas. When you're writing, you're not using words; you're writing letters. Whether you're typing on a keyboard or you're using a pen, you're writing one letter at a time, not one word at a time. 
It's a different part of your brain. And making the switch from communicating words to writing with letters is not something that just happens. Oh, fascinating. Second, there's two parts to the brain. One part of your brain, your left brain, is more involved with spell checking, grammar, and making it perfect. The other side, your right brain is more interested in just doing a story. So what happens, see if you can relate to this, Dan. You write 10, 20, 30 lines. You look at it and say, it's terrible, and you delete it because it's terrible. And you start over or over and over. And every time you do it, it's not good enough. You keep yep. deleting. Yep. The, the, the solution is don't delete it. Get your ideas down. It could be a D minus. It doesn't matter. Finish it. Don't worry about the spelling, the grammar, nothing. Just finish it. Then go back after it's done and fix it. Fix the words. Fix the spelling. Fix the grammar. It's a lot easier to do it in two steps because the part of your brain that spell checks is not working well with the part of your brain that tells the story. So first tell the story then fix it. And if you do it that way, you won't be pressing delete every five minutes. You'll get the first thing done. It's not great, but it's done. And then you go back and make it perfect, and it takes a fraction of the time. Wow. It makes perfect sense. And that's what I teach. I had a group of kids, 11 to 15. They did 30 chapter, 30, 30 page MLA cited reports and they were at the graduate school level. We know because we took them to a college um, graduate program, and we didn't tell the professor these were 11 to 15-year-olds, and he asked them to grade the reports. And he said, well, two of them I gave second-year graduate credit, two of them I gave first-year graduate credit, and he said, the rest I gave senior credit, which is a little too below our standards because we're a graduate program. And then we said, well, the oldest student you graded was 15. The rest were 11, 12, 13, and 14. So senior credit in college for an 11-year-old is okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Crazy. Of course, there's more to it. Obviously, I, I can't teach the whole four-hour program. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Ten minutes. But it does work, and it works really, really well. In fact, I had one kid... He passed the bar at 19 in California. Another one was a C student at 11 and an English professor at 22. Another one did four-year college in six months. He went to Thomas Edison, which is Rutgers Online School, and he wanted to be a missionary. And they let you take CLEPS, which is AP tests, for 90% of your degree. Well, he's super smart. He did what I taught him. He did a CLEP every day. For six months, he finished four years of college in six months, became a missionary. So there's amazing things you can do with learning. And to me, that's what it's about. It's empowering success. People today are struggling to stay on top of just a little bit they know because it changes so fast. But when you can read faster, like for me, I don't like reading. I like learning. I was uh, about 10 years ago, my wife wanted to go to Hawaii. And I wanted to, to lecture on a cruise ship, and they didn't want speed reading. So they were, what do they want? So they want Photoshop, video, and photography. And I said, well, I teach that. I didn't teach it. I didn't even know what it was. But I learned fast. 
So I bought 10 <laughs> books on that. He said, well, you can do it, but if you fail, they'll throw you off the boat. Not in the water, but when you get to the shore. So I read 10 books on Photoshop in three hours. I learned Photoshop. I didn't know it takes four years in college. The next day, I bought 10 books on video, read it in three hours. The next day, I read 10 books on photography. So I go to the cruise, and I'm like, please, let these people not know what a camera is. They'll be my perfect audience. <laughs> first, first man walks in, he says, I'm a professional photographer, 38 years. I hear you teach photography. I said, yeah. He says, I came to learn from you. I said, okay. The second guy comes in. He's been doing Photoshop for five years. He wants me to teach him Photoshop. And my wife's sitting in the front crying because she's afraid we're going to get thrown off the boat. <laughs> so, so for a week, I'm teaching this guy photography and the other guy Photoshop. And at the end of the week, they're like, how many years did you study? I could say I learned it in three hours last week. And that's what I love. Dan, I don't like reading. I love learning. Yeah. Imagine I had an 84-year-old read three books in three hours. So an average person, let's say they can do an hour a day. Every three days they can read a book that's a new skill. One, three days you learn Photoshop. Three days you learn photography. If every person listening had 100 new skills next year, and a hundred more the next year, and a hundred more the next year. How much more money could they make? How many more things could they accomplish just because they were able to learn something they didn't have time to do ever before? That's what I'm trying to do for people. You hear that out there, game changers? A hundred new skills next year. You now have all the skills to be able to do it. And if you want more skills, uh, Howard, how do they get in touch with you? They go to Berg Learning, B-E-R-G learning.com. We made a coupon. It's a 10% coupon. Dan 10. It's after Dan's first name. And there's free lessons that you can try. If you need help, we will help you. And if they can't help you, I will help you. I'm a Rotarian. I was the president of my Rotary Club last year. If I can't get you to learn what you paid for, I'll give you your money back. I want to make sure you actually learn what you paid for. And so I will make sure that you succeed. Give this to your kids if you have kids, nieces and nephews, so they can finish school and not live with you till they're 40, which is happening a lot. Use it for yourself to make more money and get new skills and use it with the seniors in your life to help them stay mentally fit. Everybody wins. Wow. That's a big deal. I like helping people. I'm a grandparent. I'm really terrified by what I see happening in our world today. There's so many problems and more problems than solutions. I'd like to think Stephen, who graduated UTA at 16 with a 4.0 economics degree, master's in math at 19 with a 397 GPA from OU. Now he's a professor at Yale in his early 20s. He might find a way to balance our budget. I had a medical student at 19. And she might find a cure for cancer. I can't fix all the problems, but I can help everyone become the best they're capable of being. Bingo. And if we all work together, I mean, people think competition is the, the answer. It isn't. We succeeded because of cooperation. One person couldn't hunt the mastodon. A tribe could. The problems we have today, we all have. Everyone has. And if I could help each person to learn a little more, understand it better, we could start solving these problems, each of us, 
using whatever gift we have and developing it to its fullest potential. And to me, that's my calling. That's what this is about. Yes, I need to make a living, but I chose this because I feel I've been given a special gift that can read 80 pages a minute, and I'm supposed to use it to help people make a better world by giving them the ability to learn faster too. And that's what I'm doing. Howard, man, that's powerful. That's real. It's really true. Really true. I'm going to tell you a secret. I write my programs when I'm sleeping. What? I go, I, yes. I, 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 I read 10 books on what I need. I know that the, what I need to do is in those books. I don't know where it is, but I know it's there. Then I ask myself questions when I'm going to sleep that I need to know to make my program. And then I dream about making a program. And when I wake up, I write down what I figured out while I was sleeping, and that's how I make my programs. That is genius. You're literally using your subconscious as a conscious yes. asset. Whoa. Exactly. And I actually made a – it's not in my website, but it will be soon. I made a, I'm making a new program now on how to awaken the intuition and become a genius. It's a learnable skill. Believe it or not, you can learn to be a genius. It's oh, learnable. Give me goosebumps. True. You could actually learn it. It's true. I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Dang. That is uh, so I have a board, a whiteboard next to my bed. And every time I wake up, I always write, I've got to write whatever I had come through or all the different things yeah. that happen at night. Yeah. But what you're talking about is taking that to the next level and not letting it be random. Would you like to do it now? And I could show you how to get I would started? love to. Absolutely. Okay, draw a circle. Just draw a circle. If you don't have anything to draw with and you're listening, just imagine a circle and put a dot, a little dot, like a period in the middle of the circle. Okay? okay? Now, there's three levels of learning, literal, implied, and inferential. This is, this is science. Literal information is what you see. So when you look at what you drew, what do you actually see physically what's there? I see a circle or an eyeball. A circle or an eyeball, or it's a circle with a point in the middle. Yeah, right. exactly. How, how interesting is that? Be, be honest. It doesn't do much for me. Thank you. And that's most learning. It's, they see words on a page. They don't know why they need to read it. They just know they have to read it. That's literal learning. Stage two is called implied. What you're looking at is actually the symbol of the sun and astronomy and astrology because they were the first – they were originally one discipline. They've split many, many years back. But initially, astronomers and astrologers were the same people. So the circle with a dot is the sun in, in astrology and in astronomy. Okay. It's a little more interesting than it's a circle with a dot, right? Are you there? Can you hear me? Now I do. Okay, it's a little more interesting. A little more interesting than it's just a circle with it's a dot. It's a lot right? more interesting once you know that there's some, like you said, schema, context. Now I'm going to tell you it's the meaning of life. Would you like to see that? That's inferential. <laughs> yes. It's the meaning of life. Okay. Look at it closely. A point is infinitesimally small. Everywhere you look around you, there's an infinite number of points. Can't see any of them. They're infinite, but they're invisible. So it's the symbol of God or spirit. It's everywhere, and you can't see it anywhere. It fills everything, and wherever you look, you don't see it. 
It's everywhere you look and you see it nowhere. And so the point is the symbol of spirit. The circle is the symbol between self and not self. Everything in the circle is you. Everything outside the circle isn't you. And so what it says is everyone is one thing, spirit, that looks different. We all have that circle around us that makes us appear to be different. But in the center of everyone and everything is this one single thing, spirit. We're all one thing. It's the meaning of life. Brotherhood isn't a euphemism. <laughs> we are one thing that looks different. Now, is that more interesting than it's a circle with a dot in the middle? Howard, you just dropped the meaning of life on my podcast. I don't even, I don't even know what, I, how do I thank you? <laughs> well, that's what I want people to see. Cause when you think like that, now imagine you have a business problem okay. and your brain is looking, you don't see a circle with a dot, but you see the meaning and significance of the problem and how to fix it. Mm -hmm. It's the thinking that's important. I don't know if I'm right or wrong all the time, but I know that I'm looking at unique and new situations. Think about Steve Jobs. Everyone saw a phone. There were lots of cell phones. He said, I can make a little computer that happens to work like a phone. How did that work out for him? It worked out all right. Then he said, I can make it bigger. I can make one that's eight and a half by 11. How did that work out? He called it an iPad. Mm-hmm. When you see what everyone else sees and you see it differently, that's when success comes. That's where you're the first. Think of Bezos. J.C. Penney and Sears had a catalog. That's where they made all their money. Back in the days when people lived out west, they'd go in the Sears catalog, the J.C. Penney catalog. They'd order stuff. They'd ship it with Wells Fargo, and they made a fortune. Well, Bezos said, I could do that online. I could put a catalog online. So JCPenney and Sears that had the idea of going bankrupt, Bezos saw a new way to use an old idea in the electronic age. He's the richest man in the world. He saw what everyone else saw differently. That's what genius is about, and that's learnable. Wow. Really, really cool. Would you like me to solve the energy crisis, the um, the budget <laughs> crisis, and the unemployment crisis in 90 seconds? <laughs> yes. I'll time you. <laughs> okay. Well, it might be two minutes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, I would love for that. Electricity is made primarily by rotating a magnet in a coil of wires or rotating a coil of wires around the magnet. That's basically most electricity. They use water power to spin it or steam. They get steam one of several ways, oil, gas, coal, or nuclear fusion, that fission, fission, not fusion, fission, that heats the water. That's the way most electricity is made. Now in Iceland, all the electricity is made using geothermal power because Iceland is a volcano and the magma is close enough to the surface, they get all their electricity using the heat of the Earth's crust. There's no green gas. It's all green. There's no coal. There's no oil. There's no gas. They're using magma to heat the water. You say, well, that's great. They're a volcano. They could do it here. In Yellowstone, we have the largest 
super caldera in the world. It's a volcano that's 300 miles long. And it's the reason we have geysers like Old Faithful. There's an abundance of water and there's magma close to the surface. If they built electrical plants using the water, it wouldn't cause any environmental damage because it's just heating it using the geothermal energy. They could take the oil and gas companies, the coal companies, have them build it so they don't go out of business, train the people who worked in the coal mines on how to make the infrastructure so they get back to work. And it's on federal parkland. So they could charge a usage tax for everyone using power, which would be used to pay off the national debt. So we would be completely green. The people who are out of work would be retrained to make the infrastructure. And the companies that would be bankrupted are the ones that put the money up. So they now have a new inexhaustible source of energy. And we'd all have unlimited amounts of power that's totally green. Well done. And that's what I teach. That would work, by the way. That would work. That, that, is, that is something that could be done. I, I, don't think, I don't think it will be done, but it could be done very easily if we had the will to do it. When I was in, I recently was in Iceland for my 30th birthday, and How there's cool. a different feeling there. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel tainted. It doesn't feel, it's, it's the cleanest I've ever experienced. And just, it's something I think everyone, because it's magical. And I, I think what you're talking about right there would give the states that feeling as well. If we exactly. genuinely they have care. No pollution. They right. don't have any pollution. Right. It's all green. They're not using coal. They're not using gas. They're not burning anything. They're using the earth mm -hmm. to heat the water. Mm -hmm. And we could do that. We have the ability in this country to do that. Wow. Very, very cool. Berg Learning. BergLearning.com. Um, I will. BergLearning.com. Dan 10. Is the 10 the number 10 or T-E-N? The number 10. The number 10. Thank you for okay. mentioning that. Absolutely. 10% off. And remember, there are some free lessons as well. They can road test the programs, and I will make sure they learn them. And if they don't learn them, we will give them back their money. So they have nothing to risk and everything to gain. And they can share it with their kids and their grandparents. Everyone wins. They make money, their kids finish school, and their grandparents don't go senile. Because <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they found the single best skill to stay mentally fit is reading as you get older. I totally agree. I totally, totally agree. It's a study. It's called the Baltimore and Seattle Longitudinal study on aging. I read it in 90 seconds 20 years ago on a show, and I still use it because I, I learn fast. <laughs> Speaking of shows, will you finish us off? I, we've talked about this once before. I'd love to have my the listeners here. Talk to me about Comedy Central a little bit. You had a piece sure. in that, and I would love for everyone to kind of hear. Well, back in the late 80s, uh, Dennis Leary was the first big star. He was, they called it the Ha Network. It was in Manhattan. And they renamed it Comedy Central, but it was the Ha Network. And he had a show. He was on 14 episodes, and I was on seven out of 14. He liked the fact I could do comedy and teach people to be smart. And I'm going to show you why biologists don't get to do comedy. Uh, mushroom walks in a bar. Bartender says, get out. We don't serve your kind. The mushroom says, why not? 
I'm a fun guy. <laughs> and that's why you don't see biologists do comedy. And I was Joyce Stewart's first guest as well. I was his very first guest on TV. And uh, I, I enjoy doing stuff like that. I was just on in Thailand. I was, it was broadcast to 20 countries. I was on their national system and went to all, all of Asia. And it's fun. I have fun. I travel around the world and I help people. And I try to make a better world by empowering people with the skills they need so that they can make a living and not do something stupid and hurt other people because they have nothing to live for. Mm -hmm. Forever learning. That's the trick. Loving to learn. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And it brings, it connects us. It allows us to be, just to be better, let's just be our best selves. I think that's what it's all about. And, and, and what it does is it expands your horizon. Yeah. See, most people just read what they know, like doctors read medical books, lawyers read law books. I say no, read a little of everything. Mm-hmm. It expands your perspective. It mm-hmm. gives you ideas and insights that other people in your niche don't have. That's how you get ahead of everyone else. They never looked at what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And you suddenly realize that something that has no relationship to what you do can revolutionize what you do. Mm-hmm. And if you think of all the people who've been successful, that's often what they do. They mm-hmm. saw something in a hobby that could be used in something unrelated and made them the best at what they did. Unreal. It's so true. It's so true. Bringing two industries together always creates new opportunity. Yes. My goal is to give as many people as possible this ability to learn and use information faster and better so we can all help each other by solving the problems we all have and make a better world and not go in the direction we're going now, which is very frightening. It's, we're, we're heading into a very dark place as a, as a species. I don't think and, we have to. I don't think it needs to be dark. I think it I don't feels think it like it's dark. Yeah. But it's not going to be an accident that fixes it. It's going to take people like you learning how to learn faster, connecting a few more dots they never could have connected before, and suddenly everyone wins because you figured out how to do something no one else thought of before. Spot on. Mm. And on that That's what I'm doing. And on that Thank you, thank you, thank you. Howard Berg. World's fastest reader and just forever learner. I think it's so cool. Thanks so much for having me. Let's stay in touch. I, I 100% agree. agree. I 100% I agree. Okay. You I will. You never have too many friends. You can never have too many friends in this world. I totally agree. And you are the kind of person that I would like to keep close. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, I will put all the social stuff. So follow. Follow Howard Berg. Uh, your website's Howard Berg. One more time. It's Berg Learning. B-E-R-G learning.com. Perfect. Okay, cool. I'll put all that out there. Thank you so much. This is actually connecting. I appreciate you being on here, man. 